The opinions and views expressed on this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show or other programs on KUCI, please log on to KUCI.org for the latest program schedule. piece of music was played with only two instruments, a right hand and a left hand. Hands can do incredible things, but nothing compares to using them to help save a life with hands-only CPR. If an adult suddenly collapses, call 911, then push hard and fast in the center of their chest until help arrives. Hands-only CPR is recommended by the American Heart Association, and it's incredibly easy and effective. Find out more about this latest method of CPR at handsonlycpr.org. The power to help save a life is in your hands. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. Good morning. You are listening to Get the Funk Out. I'm your host, Janine. And today's special guest is Kelly Zerbus. Very excited to have her on the show. This is a little taste of her CD from Kelly's Lot. This is The Light, Nobody Here But Me. We're going to listen to her music a little later on in the show. And I just want to welcome Kelly Zerbus. Yeah. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I love your music. It is sweet. <laughs> Thank you. That's really sweet of you to say that. I am not just saying that. I crank this up in the car, on my show, everywhere. What's the last CD you have? I just have Kelly's Lot, The Light, and, you know, songs like Nobody Here But Me and Drive, they're just, you just want to crank yeah. them up. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Well, I'm glad we could finally connect. Um, tell me about your backstory in music, because I don't know that much about you. Well, I, um, you know, I always played the guitar and wrote music since I was about 12. My mom got me a guitar. I used to kind of actually write songs with, a, I used to whistle a lot, and I used to write songs with my whistle. Nice. Before that, and uh, my mother was a singer, and she kind of gave that up to uh, raise some kids. And um, so I used to love just to hear her sing, and so I picked that up. I ended up getting into the choir in you know, high, junior high. I was the loudest voice. I always have, have had the loudest voice wherever I am. Okay, you can always hear me wherever <laughs> I am. And so they always made me do solos and stuff like that, and... Um, and then I, you know, it was I just played the guitar and wrote music for myself really more. And then people were, you know, people started saying, "Oh, you should do this more. You should do this more." And I booked a couple open mics and or coffee shop things. And but I didn't really get going until I was thirty-five, and that was wow. about uh, sixteen years ago. And my a friend of mine, that's a friend now, she really liked my music and wanted, you know, me to have a band. And so she, her name's Alex Rylance, and she kind of got me involved in the band situation. And it was kind of a thrill to have these great musicians playing behind me and so you know I started to uh play in a band you know at 35 I'm a late bloomer <laughs> now, what what instigated that to be you know 35 and decide hey I'm, I'm ready well you know I've been I've had other jobs I was in the car business for years and I have other things that I did that I didn't probably you know really want to do but I think I was afraid of the music and you know, you when you do something you really love, you know, if you get when you get rejected, it's harder to do it. I think I have to admit that's kind of one of my fears of doing music. I acted, I modeled, I did a lot of mm -hmm. things that I didn't care if I got rejected. And so, um, 
she uh, saw me play, Alex, and was just pushed me. She's just pushed me and inspired me and really made me believe in myself. And I kind of feel like I, I did it because of that. And mm-hmm. then I ended up, uh, you know, really wanting to do the music because I started playing for a lot of charities. That was kind of a, a big turning point for me. I love doing music, but I, I actually love doing the music when there's something behind it. That's my favorite thing to do. Right. So. Yeah, we had talked then, about that. That's really great. Yeah, I think it was a year after the band started that a friend of mine got cancer, and we started doing a, a one one show a month at the Mint um, for her to pay for her premiums. And I, it had been a year since I'd been going on stage with this band at the Roxy, the Whiskey, the Troubadour. I mean, great shows. And then we were at this the first show. We did this for her. I got on stage with my band, and it was like it kind of felt different. It felt kind of cool. And, mm-hmm. and so I offered to as many charities as I can, hey, I'll play. we'll play for you, we'll play for you. And so... It kind of inspires me a lot. I do a lot of shows that aren't for charity, but I have to try to do at least one charity thing, like once a month or once every couple of months for sure. Nice, nice. Well, you know, let me ask you this, though. Did you take singing lessons, or was this an innate talent you had? No, yeah, I didn't take any lessons. Um, I think Alex sent me to Roger Love, who's actually a really great vocal coach, for one day, and, and you know, I'm focusing is is a little bit of an issue for me (laughs) it's hard for me to like really take lessons and practice every morning so i think you know i wish i had um because the more you sing anybody singers out there the more you sing the more your voice your voice gets better Mm -hmm. and the practicing in the morning all those vocal lessons and and exercises it really does make your voice better no matter what anybody says so even if you sing in the shower for an hour wasting the water for an hour uh, <laughs> every day, you're going to have a better voice. It really does come down to that. And the, when I don't sing for a couple of weeks, my voice is crap. I mean, you know, uh, it's crap to me. So, yes, yes. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, lessons and practice in so many other things, too, and sports and all that is so important. And um, it doesn't take a lot of time to practice. You can practice half an hour a day and your voice will just get better every day. You know, that's one thing I always tell people I've never done, never had the nerve to sing. And I and I wanted to and I and I listen to someone like you and I'm like, that's the style of singing. That's the that's the voice. You know, some people I think, no, that's too high or that's not my taste in music. And and I love your voice. It's it's you know, but I've always been very nervous. You know, I think it's cool that you have thick skin, as you say, you, just, you know, you didn't let things get you down. Well, as far as you singing, you know, I really do believe you know, if you know anybody can sing, okay, mm-hmm. I, I really believe that. They, there's some vocal teachers that I've heard on some of these these uh, these shows, The Voice, American Idol, that your voice is just an extension of your speaking voice, and for sure that is my voice. If you listen to my voice, it's just such an extension mm-hmm. of my speaking voice, and it's it's kind of a when I say natural, there's no like I'm just learning how to do odd things with my voice or even a vibrato. I don't think I've really ever had a vibrato. So <laughs> it's just kind of a natural uh, just thing, what my speaking voice is. And I think that's a little less intimidating for people who want to sing if they think of it that way. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. It's just an extension of melody. And if you can listen to notes and practice, you know, singing on key, that's really important. Mm-hmm. And, and that comes with being able to hear yourself, you know. And um, it just really is that. It's all, that's all singing is. And it's an extension of your feelings. And, you know, learning to, that people say, lay on your back. And it's a different, uh, you know, position for your body. And it, it does help. I remember somebody told me to do that. And I laid on my back and I sounded better. And there's certain things you can do. You can find 
really wonderful vocal exercises on YouTube. I just taught a a blues in the school uh, class for the Los Angeles Blues Society, and Mm -hmm. I got all my pointers from a guy on YouTube that was teaching voice on YouTube. There's so much on YouTube. That's awesome. Yeah. I've actually found, because I play guitar, I found, like, lessons of songs I've been looking up, um, you know, learning how to play, and I'm like, oh, that's how you do that. You know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. feel bad for the guitar teachers out there but there there are you know just such amazing talent you can find on youtube so yeah and the youtube you know teachers it's good to go on youtube first to see if you like it you know see if you like something and then if you do like it go to a teacher because teacher the youtube uh you know can't you know reach out and touch you and say hey you didn't you're not doing that right you know but the instructor can so it's a good way to see if you even like it you know spend a couple months uh once a week on youtube and then you'll know i was trying to teach my niece how to write songs and and be a singer she wanted to be a singer and we worked for about a year off and on and she finally realized that she didn't really want to do it so we did wow. we just, you know it's it's something that you know try it out at least try it out you'll kind of know if you kind of want to do it mm-hmm. and and try to figure out your motivations of why you don't like for me, the the why I didn't want to do it, I'm I'm willing to admit, was I was afraid of it. I was afraid to do what I loved. Right. Okay, yeah. when I was younger, afraid of it. And thank God I'm still around to do it. You know, I mean, there's, right. you know, I'm 51 years old, so I, I I think every day that I'm still here. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I I want to share a story with you because I was sharing this on Facebook. Yesterday was Mother's Day. My mom's no longer alive. And I was saying, wow, you know, you just have to be thankful for what you have, whether, you know, whether you have a mom, you don't have a mom, whether you have a family. And I met this woman who uh, was at the pool, and she was treading water for the longest time, and she was not a young woman. She was, I don't know, in her 60s. Yep. So she's treading water and treading water. And I, and I was treading water a little, and I was tired. And I said, Wow, you've been doing this a long time. She said, for my 50th, for like a little contest, I decided to see if I could do it for eight hours. And I said, come on. She said, no, I would take breaks every hour, you know, hydrate. She said, but I was born with polio, so I don't walk very well. And I saw crutches nearby. And she said, but when I'm in the water, I feel free and I feel fit. She says, I'm not really so skinny and fit, and, but I feel great and I have great cardiovascular health. I said, what does it matter? You don't have to be a stick and be in fantastic shape because society tells you that but look at you look what you can do i know wow that's a great story isn't it i know yeah Polio. it really is yeah it's what you take what you got you take what you got and usually yeah. if you're alive you got a lot <laughs> okay if yeah. you're alive you got a lot so <laughs> right right so yeah. so it's just you know it made me you know you always i feel like you meet people in life and they bring you messages and make you more grounded and thankful for who you are and what you have and uh, it was really interesting so I have an intern here, Michael, and uh, just for the listeners, if you're tuning in, my name's Janine. We're talking with Kelly Zerbus from Kelly's Lot, and this is Get the Funk Out. I'm going to let Michael ask a question, so let me bring him on the show. Hey, Michael. Hi, how are you? Good, good. So, Kelly, Michael's going to ask you a question or two. Hold on a second. Sure. Hi, Michael. Hi. It's <laughs> great to hear you talking. So, is... Is singing something you've always wanted to do, or is it a brand new thing for you? Yeah, I, I, when I, you know, for me, I learned as a young girl that singing was a way to release my feelings. Mm -hmm. So I always wanted to do that. I just didn't have, like I said to Janine, I didn't have the courage to really take it as a, say, a career or get out there in front of people. Um, There's a, it's a whole other animal when you get out in front of people. I mean, I honestly probably would be happy just 
sitting in the backyard with a band, you know, and playing parties and just having fun with the voice and singing in my in my bedroom with my guitar and writing songs to get my feelings out. So singing is, is just really my therapy. It really has always been. And the singing is the way I get my words out. That's awesome. You know, being that the theme of the show is Get the Funk Out, have you have you found that singing has helped you get out of a funk, you know, in a, in a way? Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's also, it's get, it's definitely got the funk out for me on a private way. Like I said, throughout my life, I've used it as, okay, well, I'm pissed off or I'm feeling depressed. I'm going to mm-hmm. go play my guitar yeah. and sing and just sing to myself. And, um, but you know, the courage it takes to go out and do something that you love. And you don't have to make it a career. You don't have to do anything spectacular with it. You just have to do it. I'm a big proponent of Nike's phrase, just do it. Mm-hmm. And um, if you just do it, it does help you get the funk out. To me, if you feel depressed, go out and take a walk. I mean, you're thinking about, oh, I need to go take a walk. But you don't go take a walk. If you just take a, take a walk, drink a tall glass of water and take a walk, you yeah. are going to feel better. Okay, That's all there is to it. So singing was that for me it was it was when i did get out and start playing with other musicians i was afraid of that i was afraid to be a leader of a band and say okay we're turning you know be a leader even though everybody thinks i'm a leader <laughs> personality you know i have fears like everybody else i'm afraid to lead people as well but i just want to get it done so that's why i lead <laughs> 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 you know but know. yes i've all i the singing um definitely has helped me with that i think because we we, you know, we want to be liked. We don't want to be bossy. And as far as singing goes, I always feel like I don't want to look stupid. You know, that's and, and you know what? It's so funny because that everybody has that fear. You don't want to look stupid. That's why people don't speak up when they're in crowds or they right. don't want to. But the thing is, is I have to say this to so many people. If somebody, if you're like speaking your mind or you're singing a song, or, and there's somebody in the audience or somebody in the crowd that says. Oh God, so ridiculous! <laughs> I mean, guess who has the problem? Really? No kidding. Okay, so you have to. I don't think of that all the time, and people would never guess that about me. But I think that every day, every mm-hmm. day, I have to take a step forward and just do it, just do it, just do it. Because yeah. I have fears. I want everybody to like me. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, and I don't want somebody to hurt mine. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. So you know, I'm just as scared as everybody else. Well, we. It's interesting the time we live in because we have all these shows, The Voice, and everything. And it's easy for all of us to sit back and go, oh, they're terrible. But can we really get up and sing any better than them? Probably not. Probably not. And why don't you try to go to the audition, clicking that send button, that email, making your video so you can, you know, uh, mm-hmm. apply to be on that show. That's usually right. where it stops for most people. They won't even apply. Right. Okay. And that's, that's kind of sad because actually those kind, of, those kind of things, you don't have to tell anybody you're applying. <laughs> Keep it a secret, and then your rejection will stay with you as a secret as well. Exactly. You know, but uh, I always feel like, you know, being brave, and people respect you when you're brave. They do, even though they may (gasps) cringe, you know, Mm -hmm. because they're more passive than you. They Mm -hmm. are so proud of you, most people. Right. Michael has another question for you. Now, Kelly, would you say that you sing for a living, or what do you, in fact, do for a living? Well, I do quite a few things, actually. Um, I'm married, so I have a husband that brings in an income. Okay, mm-hmm. that is a job. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then I also do some promoting and marketing for different uh, people that need that. But I also put together charity events that I don't make money at doing. But, yes, I make money with the band. Nice. I have a great group of guys that um, have full-time jobs. Everybody in my band pretty much has a full-time job. And so when we get paid, I get to keep a lot of the money because I do all the work. Okay. So they are so so in a way, Kelly's Lot is kind of 
a, a part-time ban. It's a part-time ban because we all, you know, we all work during the day. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm more of my own schedule, um, but I'm trying to make more money with the band so I can focus more on the band. And um, I'm lucky that my guys uh, give me most of the funds that the band makes because they wouldn't have the gigs if it wasn't me, you know, running around trying to get them. So. Sure, you're doing all the uh, marketing and promotion and everything else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're all like, we just want to play. We just want to play. And I, I will have to say that that whole energy I get from my band, I just want to play, we just want to play, is what keeps me going as well. You know, you need to find people that will support you. Getting your funk out sometimes is, you know, getting a friend to, you know, perk you up, you know, or just right. get, talking to somebody about how you feel. And, you know, it's it's, it's other people can help you get that funk right. out, you know, right. and that's what my band does for me. When I have a funk, like, oh, I don't want to do that gig, or yeah. I used to find myself saying, I can't wait, I can't wait for that gig to be over. And I knew, oh, my gosh, this is not what I should be doing if you're saying, oh, I can't wait till this is over. Yes, not a good <laughs> you know? mindset, right. And, and then my, my band would be having so much fun on stage that I would start having a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. um, I really appreciate them that in that sense, and then, of course, uh, letting me... Um, make the money I make to uh, pay my bills so that I can keep doing the band. Sure, sure. Tell me, how did you find your bandmates? Well, um, the band started in 95 with Alex Rylance, and she put together a drummer and a bass player and a guitar player, and we started playing, and we did a bunch of the showcase kind of things, labels, kind of labels were looking at us back then. And um, then Alex got sick. She got um, a kind of a chronic... I can't remember what it was, but she decided, you know, she had a life-changing experience and decided she wanted to get married and have kids, and she's going to kind of, like, back off on the band. And mm-hmm. so at that point, I was dating a guitar player, and so we kind of said, let's try to do this, and that's now my husband, and that was 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so he's he's my main guy. He's the guy that, he's like, we go and do duo things. We play as a duo a lot. And then um, my other, my next guitar player is uh, Rob Zuka. He owns a little sh- coffee shop called uh, Hallenbeck's Cafe, mm-hmm. um, and he uh, we used to play there. And so w- he joined the band. And then the bass player we met through another friend, and we've had the same band pretty much for the last, I would say, the majority of us the last seven eight years. Harry's been in the band for uh, sixteen. Rob's been in the band for about twelve. So it's a good long time. You know, it's a good long time these people have been in the band. That's great. That's great. Is so it's it... been through friends. It's been through friends. I think I did an ad once, and we were looking for a bass player to go on tour with us, and um, it wasn't a real, it was not, um, uh, you know, the bass player we found we were really thrilled with. So mm-hmm. we just started, you know, we asked friends. That's how we do it. We just find out who's who, who's available, and, nice. and that's how it's nice. And how many CDs do you have now? Well, um... You know, I've the, we have a Live at the Troubadour, which was in 95, and uh, the first demo I did, which is still, it was sold a lot, but it's more of a demo. So the first real CD we had was Test Drive, mm-hmm. 98, and then we did uh, two live albums after that, Stop and Make a Difference, which was actually, to we made that CD for, to be able to donate to charities that we did. Like, we would do a charity event and give them 100 CDs to sell or something, and they could keep the money. So we made that. Nice. And then we did a trio live also. That's was three of us acoustic. Then we did uh, The Light, which is what you have. Right. And then we did a CD called Pastrami and Jam a couple years ago, and that was kind of a fluke. We uh, we had just done a gig for Susan G. Komen at the Rose Bowl, and a friend of ours called and said, hey, can you guys come out and just, you know, set up and just play 10 songs because I'm trying to figure out the sound system. And so we said, sure. We went over there. 
we went in a circle, stood in a circle, played seven covers and three originals. And while he figured out the system, and then we listened back, and it was so good, we decided to put it out as a CD. <laughs> nice. I remember that name, um, Pastrami and Jam. I thought it was cool. Yeah, and so, you know, we had pastrami sandwiches on the way there, and we were just jamming. So that's you know, <laughs> where we got the name. And then the la- the last one we did is called Live in Brussels. We actually tour- have toured in Europe uh, three times so far, and we did a live CD out of a club out there in Brussels, Belgium. Beautiful. Yeah, I was going to ask you about touring. Is that something you do a lot of? You know, it has been in the past, and 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 uh, Europe is our new kind of thing. This last three years, and we want to do that more. We do want to do the states. We'd love to, you know, be able to play some blues festivals. You know, we're playing a lot more blues than we ever did before. Mm-hmm. We're trying to um, trying to kind of get into that niche because that's always been my favorite kind of music. But the rock and roll kind of took over and. And um, so touring, yes, I love it. I want to do more of it, even if it's just weekends. Mm-hmm. And then we all take a vacation for like three weeks and we go to Europe, stuff nice. like that. You nice. Know? How do you juggle all, all of this? You know, like, do you actually have scheduled practices with your band or you're at a point where you don't really need to have so many practices? Yeah, we probably haven't practiced forever, but um, one of our bass players going, went to Europe to race cars. He's a um, race car driver in Europe, a kind of an amateur professional. And so we had to practice with a new bass player for our our uh, gig this Saturday at Strawberry Festival. So, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we have to practice, but usually we don't, except now that we are going to start recording a lot more. We've kind of rearranged um, uh, one of our uh, rooms to make it a studio, and so we're going to record more. I want to start recording more. Um, so we'll need to practice and really get those songs down. So that's right. kind of how we've done it. Do you look back at all this and think, I can't even imagine not having music in my life? I mean, what what, what, what were you in the past doing before you decided to become a singer? Well, like I said, I did have it in my in my little closet. Yeah. <laughs> I always had the music, you know, in my <laughs> closet. But before performing, I, you know, I um, I have to say that the fact that the charity part of 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 my music is there mm-hmm. has that's what's made it a saving grace to my life. Nice. Um, music is really important to me. It's I'm not you know making the music any less than it is, but the charity part of it has really it keeps me going. I, I experience a lot of people with the hepatitis C awareness I do. That's kind of a big part of my uh, life and my band. We raise awareness of hepatitis C and. Mm-hmm. And I've met so many people suffering and in silence and that, that um, you know, really uh, are afraid. And so I, I, you've been able to use my music to reach out to people. That's, that's what's really changed my life. Doing music live has just given me the icing on the cake. Yes. Being able to do music live is icing on the cake. And who doesn't like a little icing on your cake, okay? Absolutely. So that's kind of where I'm at with all that. But I love it. I love it. And I love partying up on stage with my band and having people come up to you and saying that song is so great it really meant a lot to me it's all good it's Mm -hmm. it's you have to i just feel like i'm really blessed that's wonderful that's wonderful because you really do elevate the meaning of something when there is a charity that hits home to you yeah absolutely it's it's 
And a lot of bands can't do. See, a lot of bands cannot do the charity work, but we can. So mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think any band that doesn't do charity work is any less than we are. Mm-hmm. But we can do it. We all. You know, we all have. We all work a, a full time job except me, really. And and so we're able to do that. These, I'm able to say, okay, I'm not going to get paid for this gig, and since I don't really have to have to pay my guys all the time, um, we can do it. A lot of bands can't do it, so right. that's okay. That's okay. Right. It's just you do what you can. Of course. Of course. You know? But you touch a lot of lives when you open it up to charity, you know? It's you just, do. You really do, because it's a lot more relevant and has a lot more meaning than just having, you know, a gig. You know, you know it's, it's really fun, too. It's like I do some consulting for people who want to put charity events together or who want to, a band that wants to, like, organize something. I get calls all the time, people who need some advice. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's to me when, when a band, you can always play a charity event, especially if you're famous and you play a charity event, you really, that charity really benefits. Sure. But then if you're not famous, but you have a good draw, you could put together a charity event yourself as a band for your for your your favorite charity. It's very easy to do. It's very simple, and just use your base and try to promote it a little bit and do a little bit more than just playing. You know, that's right. where the that's where the um, that's where the you know the real icing is for me is not just playing the gig, but actually getting into finding out what why are we doing this, helping the charity. Uh, put together a, a raffle or an auction. You know, getting involved in that it does it does you get a it's a whole other thing. It's an extension of that. I agree. I agree. I've done some events, um, probably as you know, Mama Palooza and my own events. I know. And and, and then there've been a blast. And what I've started to do is I brought in Susan G. Komen. I brought in the Lupus Foundation of America, and then I brought in Daisy Rock, and we donated a guitar. We did a raffle, and and it was awesome. You get so you touch so many more lives, and it means a lot more. To me as well, you know. Yeah, and it it could be hard work, but it's it's really not. It, again, it's a just do it. You have a list of things to do when you wake up in the morning. If you really made a list, I mean, I make a list in my brain, which is kind of hard because I can't find some of those things you know, on the list. <laughs> <laughs> I need to write it down more. Um, so here I am, you know, telling people to write it down when I have a hard time writing it down. So, but when I write it down, I get it done. I almost have a half a day left, or you have time left. It just got to. You just got to get it done, right. that's all. I, I have to write it down, you know. My, my brain's all over the place. <laughs> so, I mean, take the dog for a walk. It should be, you know, get the dog out for a walk. Right, right. Go do it. So, so, Kelly, we're going to take a short break. I'm um, going to play a song off the light from your Kelly's oh. Lot CD. You want to pick a song or you want me to pick one? You pick one. All right. Uh, how about it? Nobody Here But Me, then. Yeah. All right. Cool. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to Get the Funk Out. Hang tight, Kelly. these streets so many times I paid my dues I got some fines I cried a river over spilled milk The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the management of KUCI or the UC Board of Regents For more information about this show go to KUCI.org You're listening to Irvine, Irvine, Irvine. Friend us on Facebook at KUCI FM and Twitter at KUCI FM. 
KUCI Talk, Music, and More. Music has made all of our lives special and memorable in some way. Though few achieve fame and fortune, most musicians remain in the field for love and passion of music, often at the expense of financial security and a safety net. When the musicians we love struggle to make ends meet due to illness, disability, or age-related problems, Sweet Relief Musicians Fund provides the financial assistance needed. From classical to punk, jazz to country, reggae to blues, and everything in between, Sweet Relief is there to help all types of musicians in their time of need. Now you have the chance to change the lives of musicians who help change the lives of others. To find out more on how you can donate or become involved, you can visit sweetrelief.org. If you're a veteran of Iraq or Afghanistan, like me, coming home can be harder than expected. I felt a little out of place, but it turns out I wasn't alone. At IAVA.org, there's a free online community of thousands of OIF and OEF vets who've got your back here just like they did over there. So now, I'm never alone. I can get the resources I need and talk to tons of people who understand where I'm coming from. Whether it's navigating the GI Bill or VA hospitals, managing the transition home, or meeting people you can share stories with, you'll find it at IAVA.org. Even if it's just everyday stuff, like getting tips on where to find a nice sweater for my dog. Did he just say that? Okay, maybe not that, but everything else. No matter where you are, Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America is there for you. Join our community at IAVA.org. We got your back. Brought to you by Iraq Afghanistan Veterans of America and the Ad Council. That one will wake you up, won't it? We were talking about that, Michael and I. Michael, thanks for coming on my show today. He's interning with me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And we are also joined by Kelly Zerbus. Hey, Kelly. Hey, I loved all those PSAs. Those are all really good. Aren't they cool? Yeah, So we were, we were talking about hepatitis C, what you're doing. Could you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, I uh, had a friend uh, uh, that was diagnosed, and she told me that she'd been diagnosed with hepatitis C and wanted me to help her put it together, a benefit, and this was in 1999. And so I kind of learned what hepatitis C was. I partnered with the American Liver Foundation, and we put together a you know, a, a big concert, a full day of music on the pier in Santa Monica, and she got a liver transplant that night, and oh. and she ended up, her body was very tired, and she ended up passing away six months later, but I decided to have, um, raise awareness through my music for one year to, to honor Joya, and it was her name, Joya, mm-hmm. and um, so for one year, my every gig I did, I talked about hepatitis C in between songs on stage, I'd pass out information, and people started contacting me, people that were uh, had the disease, that had friends and family that had the, the disease. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever, 12 years later, I'm still doing it because I've been so inspired by all the people who who have it. And that, you know, it's very hard. It has a stigma to it, hepatitis C. Um, it, it's uh, some people, will, you know, they've lost their jobs. They've lost their families because they've told somebody, told them they had hepatitis C. So it's things are hopefully getting better, but uh, it's, it's something that's important. The grassroots awareness is what I do. I started a postcard campaign and a T-shirt campaign where people can, you know, it talks about the risk factors. Um, hepatitis C is a blood-to-blood disease. You get it from blood-to-blood. It's a, it's a virus in your liver that slowly deteriorates the liver, and um, a lot of people have it, the baby boomers, um, that whole age, that whole era. And, again, it's blood-to-blood, so uh, intravenous needle exchange is one way. Um, also, g- getting blood. Blood uh, transfusion, nine- right, Kelly? If you, get a blood tra- if you get a blood transfusion, can't you get it? 
Absolutely. Tattoos. Back in the day, they weren't as careful. They're much more careful now. And even there have been people I've met through, you know, my advocacy that got, they feel that one woman I met got it from her dad Mm -hmm. through a toothbrush because he had it and she shared his toothbrush. And that's blood to blood. So, of course, your gums bleed. And then if it's left on the toothbrush, uh, you know, it can happen that way. It's rare, but it's still... It's blood to blood. And there's been a few clinics that have reused syringes. They've, they've actually, you know, um, end up spreading the disease. And then uh, even through colonoscopies, there's been problems in some clinics. So, you know, you really have to just be careful. But the thing is, you need to get tested. If you feel like you've had any of these risk factors, mm-hmm. get tested. Because if you get tested, there's th- different things you can do. The, the, you know, the least amount you can do is just know you have it and then treat your body right. Don't drink alcohol. You can actually probably outlive the hepatitis C, okay? I mean, the hepatitis C won't, mm-hmm. won't kill you. But if you don't know you have it, which is the problem with many of the baby boomers today, is they didn't know they had it for 25 years, and they enjoyed their lives. They went and had weekend cocktail parties, or, mm-hmm. you know, they just didn't take care of them, themselves as much, um, and they didn't know. So uh, that's been the issue. It has a 10- to 40-year incubation without any symptoms. What? Wow. That's so incredible. it's kind of crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. How would how would somebody know they have hepatitis C? You have to actually get a test. Um, you could ask your doctor for a test. There are clinics uh, all over the country that do free testing and mm-hmm. or you know half price testing. You can also go to like a, a Walmart or a, a CVS and they they actually have tests you can do anonymously. Um, HomeAccess.org is a great place, or I think it's HomeAccess.com, and they they do have a, they send you a box. It's a test. You, and then you prick your finger and you bleed onto a piece of cardboard. You mm-hmm. send it in anon- anonymously, right. and you get your 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 stuff back. Amazing. There's lots of ways. Yeah. So you've really become a huge advocate for this. Yeah, I, I, you know, it just time goes by so fast. I can't believe it's been 12 years. But yeah, I actually, you know, I did a couple tours to get it out there. I produced three telephones. Mm-hmm. But you know, again, I've had a lot of help from other people. A lot of the really wonderful organizations out there. If I, if you don't mind, I like to tell people who are listening. If you want any information about hepatitis C, there's two websites I highly recommend. It's hepcchallenge.org. Hepcchallenge.org. Okay. There's two C's in the middle there. Okay. And then hepcadvocate.org. Hepcadvocate.org. Those are the two best websites. I'll talk to you about clinical trials. There is a medication that is clearing the virus out of people. Um, there's new things coming down the road. There's people working on vaccines. But there is no vaccine for this. And that's one thing. People don't, a lot of people don't know. They think, oh, mm-hmm. I've been vaccinated because there's a vaccine for A and B. Right. There is no vaccine for hepatitis C. That's unbelievable. So there, that's pretty much it all in a nutshell. And, you know, some yeah. people are now heard that and they're scared. Some people are like, ah, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Or, you know, and so yeah. it's important. And it's important not to, um, you know, not to turn your back on people that you know they have it. It's so important because they, they're up against the mountain already having hepatitis C and feeling bad about themselves. You know, you need to support whoever you know that has it. Well, it's like, you know, somebody who has HIV. I remember working on a project. It was a, it was a voiceover project, and there was somebody in our group that had uh, the HIV virus, and he was very yep. sick and didn't affect me one way. I mean, I felt bad, but I wasn't going to shun him. I mean, you you have to have the mindset of being open because it could could be you, could be me. You know, I mean, you don't you don't know what you're going to be healthy from one day to the next. You know, right? Whether it's that honest, or something else. And, and I, yeah, and honestly, a lot of people focus 
They did it with AIDS, uh, HIV, and they do it with Hep C. It's, well, how'd you get it? You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how somebody gets it. Mm-hmm. Is that person so bad because at 18 years old they snorted some cocaine with somebody or they, mm-hmm. you know, they shared a needle? Oh, they're such a bad person. <laughs> I mean, come on. Now they're 40 years old and they're realizing, oh, no, you know, we all make mistakes. I mean, right. that, I don't even know if you could really, it's, you know, that's the to- that was the time back in the 60s and 70s, you know, even the 80s. Right. You know, nobody's a bad person because they made a small mistake like that. You know, Kelly, I tell people this story. I picked up People magazine, uh, I think it was in the late 80s, and a girl I went to school with, Allie Gertz, was on the front cover. And wow. she was uh, she was basically a spokesperson for who you wouldn't expect to have uh, AIDS. And she got it from somebody in college, you know, that she didn't wow. quite know. And here she was, you know, wealthy Jewish girl from the suburbs, and, you know, people were like, what? How could she have it? But it just doesn't like, you know, it's, it could be anybody. And she became... It could be anybody. She, anybody. Yeah, she went out there and started lecturing to kids and colleges and became a spokesperson. Yeah, Allie Gertz. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. great. And that's the kind of, you know, we were always looking for people to come out and talk about it and um, even friends and family of, of people. I mean, I do understand why the way, you know, the the climate is and the, the judge, judging that goes on, it's hard for people to come forward. I know a lot of people who have it that I, I'm swore to secrecy, you know, mm-hmm. people who are well-known and people who aren't. Right. And I, um, you know, I keep that secret and I hope one day they feel, they feel comfortable enough to talk about it. Well, you kind of blew me away when you tell me somebody can get using a toothbrush. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. So you really can't Well, yeah, judge. I mean, again, and or um, a, a razor, mm-hmm. okay, if, if you nick your, if you cut, you know, but that's, you know, not to scare everybody because you can't get a kissing. It has to be blood to blood. So somebody has to bleed, and then that blood has to get into your blood system. So you have to actually, the blood has to touch the blood on you that's it going in your system. You know, mm-hmm. it's like women who have babies, it's very rare for them to give it to their their, their own baby. And it's, it's also a very, it's rare sexually. It's not, it's like 2%. It's not as big as you think because there's not usually blood involved with sex. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's blood to blood to remember. Michael, you okay? You're not squeamish here. I have an intern here. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, you have to. I, I have to it's got to be somebody with hepatitis C that gives it to you. It's like, you yeah. know, it, it isn't like anybody that's blood. You know, it just people who have hepatitis C are usually very, very careful about their where, where their blood yeah. goes. Yeah. So, um, and again, we'd all have it if it was that easy to get. Right. But it's important to be tested again because it's just a test. In fact, I think the CDC is working on trying to do a, a, a program where they're going to have doctors automatically ask their patients from the age of 40 up, do you want a hepatitis C test, which is what you get for HIV. You know how when you go to your doctors, they right. say, do you want, a hepatitis, you want an HIV test? Well, they're going to start doing that for hepatitis C because... Okay. It's it's four times more prevalent than HIV in America. Look at that. Hepatitis C is four times more prevalent than HIV. Unbelievable. In America. So um, mm. it's crazy. Well, thank you for all you're doing with it. I mean, that's amazing. I wasn't so aware, you know, until I started talking to you, actually. So it's unbelievable. Yeah, actually, Kelly's lot has been called the Hep C band. So, oh. you know, <laughs> we, <All right>. you <laughs> know, my bandmates are always like, can we can we do it? You know, they're, you know, can we do just play? Can we just play for the music? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can try that. Okay. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I have a question to ch- switch gears for a second. Do you have a dream gig, somebody you would love to perform with? It's funny because we were talking about hepatitis C. Probably Steven Tyler. Oh. 
I love Steven Tyler. I do too. I, I just think his, just his voice, his vocal range, his passion, mm-hmm. and that's a man. That's a guy. I mean, I really love. I just uh, I can't wait for him. I can't wait to hear more blues out of Steven Tyler, you know, and he starts singing some more blues. I mean, you know, Aerosmith's kind of a bluesy band, but right. I'd love to I'd love to do a blues gig with Steven Tyler. <laughs> I could see that. I could totally see the two of you singing together. And he's got a new CD coming out. Oh, he does? Yeah. They, oh, have, a, they have some Excellent. new stuff well, coming out. Well, I'm going to have to give him a call. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, well, he's actually come out and spoke about having hepatitis C in People Magazine and stuff like that as well. So, uh-huh. you know, him and Greg Allman and them have actually put put some awareness out there, which is cool. Right, so, right. But as far as a woman, oh, my gosh, there's so many. Um, if I was going to pick somebody that, that is singing today, um, oh, I can't even, like, imagine. I don't know. Uh, who would you like to, Janine, if you were a singer? If I were a singer? I, you know, that is a tough question. I don't know. I don't know. You know, have you ever heard of Amanda Marshall? Yeah, I love her. She's from Canada, right? She's from Canada. I love her. I, I, yeah, people don't really cool. know more about her, and I just love her whole style. And you, you remind me of her a lot. It just, it's very soulful and powerful and, you know, kick butt. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, you know, Melissa Etheridge is one that I love. love. She's inspired me throughout the years, big time. Of course, Janis Joplin. I just, I'll never forget when I had my first, my first band gig, I had only been doing like acoustic soul singer songwriter things. And Alex put this band behind me and my first gig with a band was at the Roxy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was so scared. And so I basically found every, you know, VHS tape. And I watched as much as I could watch as Janis Joplin and I just watched and I soaked it in. And, you know, it's like I never stole anything from Janis except be yourself. And Mm. that's exactly what Janis did. Janis was just herself. And that's why everybody loved it because she was so passionate and she just, she felt it to the core and she didn't kill. She looked, you know, you know edgy or anything and that's that's right. that's what i got out of her was like just be yourself and you know i had people through my life tell me you need to be more graceful or you need to be in singing you know you're you're out there like a fucking rocker you know yeah. you're you're you know you need to be more classy kelly and i'm like well but that's not that's, that's not you I, no you, that's not, not you really, I, I could be classy you know put me put some heels on and a gown maybe i could be classy for about five minutes but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not me and so if you're not yourself then you're gonna have issues well, Pink. There's one. I love her voice. You know? Oh, I love Pink. I love Absolutely. Pink. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Some of those songs, I mean, you just like, wow, it's so powerful, soulful. I love her whole, the way she speaks. And, and that does remind me of what you said. The way she speaks is the same as how she sings. It's, you know, one step up in a different direction. But he, she has a great speaking voice, too. You know what? That song you played, Nobody Here But Me, listen mm-hmm. to it again sometime. That is... A, a, Beautiful example of it's an extension of my voice. Okay. You hear me talking right now, and then yeah. if you listen to that song, you could tell. And then, and even on that KCI uh, PSA, there was a part where they where four people sing KUCI, whatever. Oh, yeah. And it, you could tell that, that those, there's one, especially one where she just, it feels like an, it's an extension that of was my daughter. speaking voice. That was my daughter. really yeah she's 12 i i love having my daughters do that so i we did this whole thing and i had i said say k say u c uh c and then i and then i put it together and added some effect yeah and then she sang out the last part wasn't that nice that was really nice but see that's a perfect example of an extension of your speaking voice yeah 
It That's doesn't right. have to be so intimidating. Oh, sing, sing, sing. It, it kind of yeah. makes me sad when people say, oh, I, I can't sing. I'm only going to do it in the shower. I'm like, okay, well, it, it, it's okay to just sing. People, I don't know. It's Singing is, is a definitely a way to get a lot of that stuff inside out. It's so true. We just have to have the nerve to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. True. Tell me, um, you are you the primary writer of your all these songs, or do your bandmates write as well? Um, you know, I write, uh, for a while I wrote most of them, but now my husband and I have been writing a lot of it in the last seven years. He, he writes, uh, you know, about 50% now of it because he's, him and I are doing some really great writing. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, I, 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 I have so many other songs that are more folky and stuff, singer songwriter type songs that I need to put down on a CD because, uh, the rock and blues stuff is, Perry and I write a lot of that together. Nice. So. Nice. Did you say he's in the band too? Yeah, he's in the band. He's in the band, and he, you know, he's working full time. So, you know, I have I I went along with everybody else. So, I actually have been looking to do other things. You know, with myself, what do I want to do with my time? And, you know, one of these things I've been doing. We you asked me about it earlier was yes. this new project I have called Chat with Kelly V. Great. Tell me about that. Well, I started um, working with this uh, Casey Regan, who is a uh, become a really good friend of mine. He has a, a station on YouTube called Music You Can See, Music with a U instead of a Y O U. And uh, it's YouTube.com, music you can see. He goes and he videotapes uh, bands and, you know, has these beautiful videos up on his site, mostly blues, Mm -hmm. mostly blues. And so he started asking me, hey, can you come out and maybe interview this guy for me? Because I I don't like doing this. And, he, you know, I'm the camera guy. I don't really. And so I did uh, did one with him. And we actually did one with Kenny Neal, who's a very well-known blues artist. And we talked about hepatitis C because Kenny also has it. And. I kind of like, this is kind of cool. And then he dragged me out to NAM. NAM is a big music kind of right. uh, manufacturing thing in Anaheim every year. And so we went out there for five days, and I interviewed about 30 people. Nice. And so I'm kind of becoming like this little host on this show. And it's uh, you could find the, the interviews. I think there's about 25 of them up now. YouTube.com slash chat with Kelly Z. And I'm having fun doing it because, like you, you're, look at you doing. Don't you have fun interviewing people? I do. I was at NAMM. I think I saw you. Oh, okay. I think, you know what? Weren't you waiting to check out uh, John Mayer that day at the uh, oh, yeah. me- media you know, press we day? Oh, the first day, the media day. Yeah, media day. Yeah, yeah, John yeah. Mayer yeah. We, were, we, got to, oh, we got to interview um, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, which was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, we were there. My my uh, Casey Regan is so we, we were like total gorilla. We did the the gorilla, <laughs> uh, you know, interviews. The gorilla just, hey, can we do you? Hey, can we right. do you? And Kenny Wayne did us. And K- Casey had his camera. He was holding his camera way high up over like a bunch of people. I don't know if you remember seeing him doing that to get John Mayer. It was pretty cool. Nice, nice. Did so you get? We, you know, we're still like we're like the paparazzi now. We're like, are we really the paparazzi? I don't want to be the paparazzi. <laughs> 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 but we're but we're like just these two gorillas, you know, that get in there, gorilla marketing, gorilla uh, interviews, and that's we love doing that. But we're starting to get a lot of people are contacting Casey and saying, "I'd love it if Kelly could do an interview of me." Right. And so now, like you, you know, you get people probably that want to be on your show. Those are the kind of people you want to interview because right. uh, they're they're just they have more to give. They care more about your show as well as themselves. You know, it's it's kind of nice to have. To be wanted. Absolutely. I <laughs> know oh, I had people coming up to me and saying, can you interview me? Can you interview me? I mean, some of them were not even musicians, but some of the vendors wanting to talk about the products that were so hot, that were selected yeah. at NAM at the media press day. 
yep. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to get around there more, but Casey had me. Casey, you know, he's a bit of music fan forever, so mm-hmm. we'd be walking around. He'd go, oh, there's the guy. You've got to interview him. He threw me in there. I wouldn't even know who the person was. And, you know, he's I, famous. Casey, I, don't, I don't know anything about him. He goes, just do it. Just do it. You know, and it was like, it was fun. It was it was again just do it yes it was thrilling after it was over i was like wow i was so scared i was i was scared to walk up that person mm-hmm. i was afraid but i did it that's good that's it's good it's kind of that rush you get it is but you have to throw yourself out there because uh you know, you'll surprise yourself, and it's good. You know, you, you don't have time to think, oh, my gosh, what am I going to say? I'm nervous and nervous. You just get out there and just open your mouth and just forget that, you know, you, what you're doing. And yeah. and pay attention to the person. Like, you're a really good listener. You really are. Thank you. You're a really good listener, I can tell from this show. And you have to be a good listener, and I have to keep my mouth shut when I'm talking to people, which is a little difficult, but I try. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to wrap up, but just, I want you to throw out your website. Where people can it check is kellyslot.com. I always say Kelly Slot because there's no apostrophes in websites. I didn't know that when I made the website. Kelly Slot. Uh, K-E-L-L-Y-S-L-O-T. <laughs> okay. okay. And it stands for Kelly's Lot, which is like lot in life. Kelly's group is a lot. And also, you know, when I was in the car business, Kelly's Lot. So it nice. uh, has a lot of meanings to it. So kellyslot.com. Beautiful. And can they find you on Facebook or anywhere else? They can find me on Facebook, same thing, uh, Facebook.com, Kelly's Lot, and uh, YouTube.com, Chat with Kelly Z, and also MusicYouCanSee.com. I have about 10 videos up there. Music, The band does. It's, it's all full of all really great, uh, great bands, and we have about 10 videos up. It, music You Can See, um, it's, it's, even our soldier song one we have up there called I'll Go, which was something we did in honor of our vets. Nice. Oh, and any gigs coming up you want people to know about? Well, just, I think look on the website. We got you know Strawberry Festival in Oxnard. We've got um, uh, a big gig down in Costa Mesa for a, a you know a big uh, Catholic school festival. We got all kinds of stuff from Orange County to Santa Barbara to LA. Beautiful, Kelly. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. And we're gonna wrap it up and we're gonna play Drive. <laughs> awesome. All <laughs> right. Well, have a great day, you guys. All right. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye. You've been listening to Get the Funk Out. That was Kelly Zerbus from Kelly's Lot. Again, if you want more information about her, uh, check out her websites. And I'm going to wrap up. And up next, Sheldon Abbott, Cure for the Blues. Michael, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for letting me sit in. It was oh, wonderful. It was great. It was, she's a lot of fun. So we're going to wrap it up with uh, Drive. Have a great Monday, everybody. I'll be back here next week. One, two, three, four. <laughs>